Um, I just want to say, as well as Andy, um, Happy New Year, uh, blessed New Year, and um, uh, I just want to be honest at the beginning uh, of this little talk. Um, uh, this, was, for me, this has probably been one of the harder weeks, um, middle of winter, um, on and on and on, and not the January we thought we were going to get a while ago. And uh, the honest truth is, we were talking earlier on, Andy and I, and our hearts ache um, with missing being together as a church family. And uh, especially, mm. I thought that during the prayers, yeah. um, you know, seeing our friends uh, leading prayers. And he's, he, do you know what? He, the dog was wearing a jumper. And I think it's because it's a Brazilian dog. And it <laughs> must be... Must be very cold over here. Must be very cold over very here. Very cold. And uh, it just made me realise all, all, all the Brazilians in our church, we've yeah. got masses of you. So if you're from Brazil and you're here at the beginning of January, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but wherever you're from, um, we miss you and we can't wait to be back together. And it will happen. Uh, but it might not happen quite as fast as we hoped that it would happen. Um, I just want to talk in this first Sunday of the new year. It's, it's the time when we make New Year's resolutions. And uh, I was wanting to ask, what are our New Year's resolutions as individuals and even as a church? Uh, but the idea of New Year's resolutions, I'm hesitant about that because my experience is I make them at the beginning of 1st of January and uh, by the 1st of February, I've forgotten all about them. And uh, I just feel more of a failure because the, the, the thing behind New Year's resolutions, there's, there's nothing wrong with them. But for me, it's like self-effort, grip my teeth, try and be different. And usually it doesn't work. And then do we call it New Year's hopes? And that can seem like a wishy-washy phrase, um, New Year's hopes, and unless it's, it's hope in the Lord. You know, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And there's something about uh, hope in God, the biblical vision of hope. It's, it's, it's trusting him for the future. Uh, do we call it New Year's aims? Mm, that's, again, not, not quite right. New Year's prayers. What are our New Year's prayers? What are our prayers for this coming year. And um, I just want to suggest, uh, uh, as I've been thinking about it, uh, uh, there's a YWAM um, motto that I love. And their motto has been from the beginning, to know Christ and to make him known. And I can't think of a better prayer for this year for us, for me. Uh, I want this year to know Christ better and to make him known. In, in a deeper way, in a wider way, in a further way. And uh, I just want to look at those very, very briefly. First of all, uh, to know Christ. Why, why, why to know Christ better? Why to pursue knowing him? Because to know him changes everything. We can't make him known if we don't know him. And uh, as I've been reflecting on this year, and particularly the last few weeks again, I keep making the mistake of spending some days more time reading Twitter or BBC News or Sky News or CNN or whatever the news organisation is than I do in God's Word. And don't get me wrong, I really, really believe that we're meant to know what's going on in our world. 
Uh, I think it was John Stott that said, um, you, you know, every, this was years ago, so it's every Christian should have the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. I mean, nowadays he would say the Bible in one hand and your iPad in the other. Uh, but the principle's the same. But the thing that I've realised if, is if I spend so much time on Twitter and on BBC News 24 listening to the same negatives, it affects me and not in a good way. But if I spend more time in God's word, reading truth, receiving truth, uh, uh, imbibing truth, meditating on truth, uh, then instead of being uh, done down, my, my spirit is built up. And I want this year to spend more time uh, meditating on his truth. And, and that really is reading the Bible. It's, it's, it, I wish I could say, no, I don't wish. The temptation is to try, try and say something really clever and really prophetic and new and never heard of before. Well, this is prophetic. Read God's word. It's very, very old, but there's nothing, nothing has come to top that. Read, read the book. And at this time of year, uh, lots of people are thinking about reading the Bible in a year. And I'm very tempted to do that. Um, and I think it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's great to read the Bible right through. My one concern, though, is if we just do that, if we just read really quickly, because to read the Bible in a year, it's a, it's a fair chunk each day. Uh, then what we can do is skim read uh, in order to tick something off when actually there is such, I've discovered, such a, a benefit, such a joy in meditating on God's word. You know, just to spend a month in a verse and to savour it and to, it, it's, it's like, sorry to use a meal analogy, I, they're the only ones I have. It, it, you know, you, you, can, you can just scoff down a big meal and you, you eat it so fast that at the end you think, was that a good meal or was it a bad meal? I didn't have time to savour it. But just to take time over, over a leg of lamb or over macaroni do furno or over something else that is wonderful and to, to savour every mouthful. Well, we want to savour, you know, to, to eat God's word and to savour it. And, and there's just, just a couple of examples that it's just good for us to know. Um, in uh, uh, Psalm 46, uh, we read this at the beginning of Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. I read that and it was like, wow, I haven't read that for a long time. And I just spent a while just, just chewing over that sentence. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Receive it. Live in it. God, right now, today, is our refuge. Today, he is our strength. He is an ever-present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, 
even though the earth give way. Now, just, just to spend time in that. I'm just, just giving one sentence. Letting that sink in. Praying it in. Pray. You know what? We should pray the scriptures. So often we pray our fears. And that's not a bad thing. It's good to tell him our fears. But actually, when we pray the truth, it's an act of worship. It's an act of trust. And the scripture is truth. Lord, Lord, may I know you as my refuge and my strength, my ever-present help in my time of trouble. And then just one more, just one more. Psalm 62, right at the end, near the end, verses 11 and 12. I love this. One thing God has spoken. Two things have I heard. And it's like God's spoken these two things together at once. He's spoken, but I've heard them as two distinct things that are really one package. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. One thing God has spoken. Two things have I heard. First, power belongs to you, God. Power belongs to the Lord. I can't sort my life out. We can't sort the world out. He gives us jobs to do. He gives us responsibilities to take. But the power belongs to him. The power belongs to the Lord and the Lord alone. That's why he's our refuge and our strength. That's why we can... We can you know, I'm not an ever-present help in times of trouble. You know, Jesus is. The Father is. And secondly... And with you, Lord, is unfailing love. The one to whom all power belongs is the one whose love is never, ever failing. You know what? Just stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Put that on your fridge and gaze on it. Just spend time chewing that over. And you know, then, later on, the psalmist says, Yes, my soul. Find rest in God. My hope comes from you. Now, he's just said at the beginning, um, uh, you, Lord, you, Lord, are my, 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 are my rest. You, Lord, are my ever-present help. You, Lord, are my hope. And then he says, yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from you. And it's like, it's this dichotomy it's like this paradox that you are my hope, you are my strength, you are my ever-present help, but now I have to tell my soul to find hope in him. I have to tell my soul to put my hope in him. First of all, we hear the truth and then we need to stand on the truth. We declare the truth, we live in the truth, we choose the truth. You know, we can choose either, either these verses or what we see on the news. And what we see on the news is not lies. Well, some of it is, but most of it isn't. Most of it isn't. It's the truth. It's facts. But where are we going to put our trust? That's the issue. And it is a choice. 
And the more we meditate on his word, the more we are able to speak to ourselves and say, you know what? I'm going to choose faith rather than fear. I'm going to choose you and your goodness rather than all the, all the stuff that's going on in the world around me. I know it's easier said than done, but it can be done. It can be done. We grow in it. Um, he's faithful. He's our rock. He's our fortress. Uh, that's why, as I said, we read, read the word. We pray the word. You know, the, these simple things, they're, they're not complicated. And, you know, sometimes I read Christian books that try and complicate Christianity. And it's not complicated. And uh, they get very esoteric. And, and they take something out of context of the scripture and build a whole doctrine on it. Um, and, and actually, it's spending time talking to him, listening to his voice, reading his word, worship. Worship is simply prayer that exalts him, prayer that trusts him. This, this, these prayers of the Psalms are also worship. They're also worship. But there's two other things, I think, as well, service and sacrifice. To know him, to know him, it's good to choose to serve and to sacrifice. Now, you may think, wait a minute, isn't that about making him known? And of course it is, but it's also about knowing him. You know, to, to live in the knowledge of him is, is to choose to be like him. It's to make a choice, to make sacrifices, to serve. And that, bizarrely, incredibly, it grows our love. And, and you know, when you, when you give... Growing in love for someone, it doesn't just happen when you receive from them. It happens when you give to them. You know, when you, when you, when you buy a present uh, for someone you love and you thought goes into it and it's something that you know that they will love and you know that they will just be thrilled with, it actually, you love them more. There's the joy of giving to them and seeing their response. And just by, by acting out of love, it grows love. And it's the same with the Lord. It's the same with the Lord. When we serve others, we're closer to him. When we make sacrifices, not just for him, but for other people, which is also for him, then we grow closer to him. And these are the ways, the simple ways. It's not complicated that we can grow in our knowledge of him. Then, oh gosh, I better hurry up. I've just seen the time. To make him known. How do we, how do we make him known? First of all, if there's one lesson I've learned this year. It is be normal. Now that's a hard lesson for me to learn, to be normal. But it's just like sometimes, you know, we can get so super spiritual or we can spend so much time in, in Christian fellowship that can sometimes, we can, we can just get detached from the world. <clears throat> I know that sounds a bit different to what I was saying earlier, but actually it complements it. It's like be normal in your relationships with other people. Be kind. Choose kindness. Choose, this is a huge one, generosity. We've said this before, 
Um, But the Bible talks again and again and again about living in generosity. To be generous is to be like God. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. Giving is the proof of love. And this is not a talk about giving money to church. Not for a second. And by the way, I want to echo what Andy said. This is the most incredibly generous church. I mean, in these circumstances, another 18,000 plus pounds to, for, for the sake of others, it just, I want to cry. I want to cry. It is, we, we are so, so blessed to be serving a church that is as amazing as you, you folk are. And I mean that. I really mean that. We feel it deeply right now, right now. But, but generosity isn't about giving to church. Generosity is about giving your time, your attention, your care, your anything, anything like that. And, and as we do, we make him known. Because when we do godly things, and generosity is godliness, when we do godly things, people see something of God in us. They see something of God in us. And then be honest. And by being honest, whenever we say in the Christian talk, be honest, what we all hear is say tough things. No, no, no. Speak the truth in love is what the scripture says. And being honest is simply about having integrity. Being honest is simply about saying um, and being living with integrity and in the in the in the face of others one of the best things there's been lots of horrible things about this year but one of the best things for me one of the best things has been um, in my street I've lived in my road for 20 years and this year all of us in the road nearly all of us we formed a whatsapp group And we've become friends. And I love it. I love the fact that we've become friends. And and a while ago, it was, I started back in the spring um, because I couldn't, I was trying to be careful with my eating and my weight and I couldn't cook for myself. I started cooking for others and, and I started making things and giving them. And then I suddenly thought, why don't I do that for my neighbors? And instinctively my first reaction was no no don't they'll think you're eccentric if you start going up to them and giving them food they'll think you're eccentric and they'll be embarrassed and I realized I'll be embarrassed and they might think I'm eccentric and if I'm honest I think they probably do think I'm a little bit eccentric you know so for the last few months I've been cooking things and I've been taking them round to my neighbours and knocking on their door and here's a leg of lamb or here's magaroni to furno or here's something else and at first they were like what you know and do you know what's happened and and honestly I'm not saying this to blow my own trumpet I didn't want to do it I, I I was hesitant I thought of all the reasons why not but do you know what with all of them I made such friendships And just literally in the last few days, as I've been feeling a bit low, and they didn't know that, but I've had um, my neighbours two doors down 
um, texted me saying, hey, we're, we're, we're making too much dinner. Um, can we make a plate for you and, and bring it round? And uh, other neighbours saying, hey, if you need anything, my neighbour's next door one side. Uh, he's texted yesterday, two days ago. If you need anything, um, just let us know. And so on and so on. And, and we, we, made, we did a Christmas tree and we put it in the middle of the green um, in between all our houses. And we all took bits to decorate it. And do you know what? Now I've got friendships with all these people. And after 20 years... It took the COVID crisis and they know I'm a Christian. And some of them have been asking me to pray. Could, could you send up a prayer for such and such? You know, and what, what a wonderful thing. And it's about being kind, being compassionate, being generous. It's not difficult. It's not difficult. But usually for many of us, and I know for me, it's I've been embarrassed and I've been a little bit hesitant in, um, uh, in stepping out because of my fear of rejection. And, you know, we can make him known without putting tracts through people's doors. We can make him known without standing on a box and shouting at people in the high street. We can make him known by reflecting him in simple ways in just simple and easy ways, in caring, in following up, in all those things. So for me, my New Year's prayer is that I and we, this year, would know Christ better and would make him known. Now, I was also going to talk about um, uh, some things for us as a church, but I think we'll leave that till next week. Um, because there are some things that we believe God is telling us as a church that we're to do together, and it follows on from this, some new directions and all of that, but I think we'll, 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 we'll leave it there. And I just want to encourage you with all I am. This isn't a complicated stuff. I don't do complicated. I don't do deep. Um, um, but but this, is, this is the honest truth. Let's not go beyond the simple, because the simple is profound. The simple is profound. Let's seek him, our rock, our fortress, our ever-present help in times of trouble. And let's make him known.